It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall. We're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. If I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. They'll hang on the dogs. They are going to hang on. Mark this date down, Western Bulldogs fans. I've been wanting to say this for as long as I can remember. The Bulldogs go through to a grand final. Can you believe it? Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the House of Sin and Studios Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Welcome to a very special episode of The Kennel Cough. We've got another bonus at. Uh, Neve and I have been very lucky to wrangle in Lewis Young alongside Fergus Green. Boys, thanks so much for coming into the studio. Thanks for having us. No Good problem. Ferg, it's your second time in the Sin Studios. Just uh, bounding with confidence now. Another another appearance. Yeah, just a veteran now. So get the hang of it. Fantastic. Uh, we'll start with uh, the weekend. Both you boys played against Collingwood in the VFL. Uh, unfortunately, went down, but showed promising signs at the start. Uh, what was your take on it, Louis? I'll start with you. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird game. It was sort of similar to the game on Friday night. I think we. Um, yeah. Got away at the start and then, yeah, sort of all fell apart in the second half, um, which was disappointing. But like you said, there was a few good signs. Um, yeah, the first half was quite good and a few play- um, boys played quite well in that half. So um, just getting that consistency at both levels is important. Mm. And then on a personal level, Ferg, how do you reckon you went? Uh, I started okay. Probably yep. fell away from the game a little bit. Um, I went sort of more forward in the second half and probably wasn't as clean you know the wind picked up a bit and the yeah. pressure sort of went up so the delivery wasn't uh, as clean as probably as a forward would like but I don't think it ever is as good as you'd like as a forward and <laughs> I probably just didn't work as hard so I went out of the game a little bit but uh, yeah so obviously just still a building block for me you got on the highlights reel I saw they yeah. tweeted like a video you yeah. got a goal on there it's pretty uh, good I'll take that <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if that's the one kick people see I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, so you boys are both living with each other. How have you found that, and what's it like uh, being roomies? Um, yeah, it's good. We're um, we've adapted to each other's little um, little differences, so we're get, getting along really well now. Um, I think Ferg said last week in the podcast, which I did listen to, um, <laughs> that at the beginning it was sort of a little bit awkward because we um, went from being friends to roommates, which is sort of a bit of a jump. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've figured it all out now. We're yeah going all right because I sort of started off I was. I'm a messy person, and Ferg is the complete opposite, so we clash heads a little bit, but um, no, it's good now. We're, we're enjoying it. Love it. And do you have, like, a, a certain, like, do you cook anything for Louis, or does Louis cook anything for you that is, like, your signature dish? Uh, <laughs> Louis' signature dish, and I reckon he'd agree with me, is steak with any number of varieties, yeah. salad, corn. Um, whereas I'm probably more you simpleton. Uh, I do spag bowl and butter chicken. Very and if he good. chooses That's to eat them, safe. If he chooses to eat them, then he can have them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not fussed what he eats after that. Like, I've got a meal, so yep. That's about as easy as it comes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty simple. Um, I'd just like to ask you, Louis, uh, specifically. You made the journey over from Adelaide at quite a young age 
everyone like to talk about how you're the youngest player in the AFL. Yep. Um, I think it just fit the, the last name as well, being yeah. Lewis Young. Didn't help. Yeah. What was it like coming all the way over from Adelaide? And um, obviously it's well documented in the AFL, a lot of players getting homesick, but how hard was it to leave like that immediate group of uh, family and friends and support group and come over to Melbourne? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a change, obviously. It was a massive change, actually, but um, I sort of prepared myself before the draft. I um, wasn't really getting a lot of interest in Adelaide, so I've, I sort of prepared myself to go to Melbourne. I actually wanted yep. to go to Melbourne more than Adelaide just because I know how much of a bubble Adelaide can be with footy and uh-huh. because it's such a small place, everyone knows each other, and it's sort of... Mum was very adamant that she wanted me to go to Melbourne, so um, I really prepared for that, and then... Um, yeah, when I got over here, it was it was quite easy moving in. Um, got in with um, Stuart Crammery at the start, and he okay. showed me around. He lived in Paran, so it was really nice. We Very got nice. Um, looking around the city and Chapel Street and all that. So, um, yeah, then went into the host family and had a really good family. I really enjoyed that um, with a husband and a wife, um, which was really good. Um, lived there for the full year and, yeah, settled in really well and obviously had a good group of first-year boys um, the six of us um, got along really well and spent a bit of time with each other on off days and stuff. So it was actually really easy to, to move in. And now I'm sort of, I'd say I'm almost settled settled yep. in over here. So yeah, yeah it's gone well. What about you, Fer? Because to a lesser extent, you moved from um, Bendigo to Melbourne and your family's still in Bendigo. Do you find that at all challenging um, or are you constantly going back and forth? I suppose it's only an hour and a half on the freeway. Uh, yeah, I probably went back a little bit more last year than what I would have planned to, just because um, with a few injuries, I sort of got a little bit frustrated and just wanted to get back. Yep. Um, whereas this year, especially now having a place um, with you know three boys and you know Vic there, um, it makes things a bit easier. Yep. You know, you want to stay because you know you've got those people to talk to. I think with a host family, I was sort of felt a bit awkward being there every weekend, and sort yep. of when they were trying to have their free time, I was there. Um, yep. and I just felt that bit, oh, I don't, I don't want to crowd their, you know, cramp their style. Fair enough. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was like, I'll get back home, whereas now I'm probably more settled. And, you know, I'm lucky that Dad does a bit of work down here and, and you know, Mum texts on a frequent basis, yep. checking up on all things. So um, I don't feel too bad. You know, I'm pretty lucky. So it worked out well. Nice one. Um, yeah, Mum texts uh, a thing. Like, I live with my mum and I'm still like... Yeah. How was your day? I'm like, I'll literally see you in five minutes. They're all like that. That's why we love them. That's why we love them. You obviously inherited the number two uh, from Bob Murphy. How does that happen? Like, does that go about, like, do you approach the club or does the club approach you to get that one? Um, no, I actually got approached by um, Bevo. It was about a day before. I actually came to Melbourne um, before pre-season, a day before he started, and he rang me and I was actually a bit nervous. He rang me and I missed the call. And then I saw like Luke Beveridge miss call and I was like, oh God, <laughs> what have I done? Um, and then I rang him back and it took me a while to get the nerve to sort of ring him back. Yeah. And then after I rang him back, um, yeah, he just said like, um, number two's there if you want it. Um, have a think about it. We need your answer sort of by the, by the end of the night. And it was about mm-hmm. nine o'clock and he wanted it within 10 minutes. And I was like, oh God. So rang my manager, rang my dad, um, spoke it out. And I, they sort of said like, you got to ask for more time. So um I asked and he said, yeah, well, let me know tomorrow. Come into my office and let me know. And then, yeah, I had a few conversations with um, dad, mum, my manager and a few others. Um, yeah, and sort of thought, um, yeah, I've got to do it. It's, yeah. um, it's a good thing for me. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, did it and that's about it, really. Was there like a formal proceeding? Was like, did Bob hand down the number to you, like, literally? Or was it just like, okay, there's your number? No, it, was, it wasn't really like that. Um, it's not like you sort of build it up. I thought it might be. Um, I think externally you would think it would be, but yeah. it's not. At the end of the day, it's just a number, um, even though it is Bob's number and it's quite um, 
symbolic. Yep. Um, it's also just a number. So I spoke to Bob. Um, he texted me on the day that it came out and just sort of said, like, well done. Looking forward to watching you um, in the number. Um, yeah, that was about it. Had a few little media duties and stuff, obviously. Cause it was I was going to say, did you do it just for the press shots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, that was that was one of the main reasons I had to talk to Dad and stuff because obviously there would be a bit of external pressure um, come coming with that. But um, I sort of thought um, there's a point where you just got to sort of take that on and um, stop being sort of comfortable and get into that uncomfortable mindset. Um, yeah, so I decided to take it on, did a bit of media stuff, but since then it's sort of fizzled away a little bit um so yeah that's about it nice and when you say that talk about the media stuff um as i said earlier you were always touted as the youngest player in the afl how do you go with that kind of tag or do you did you find it like that it was just a bit of like a throwaway line or were you like no nah, i want to use this and prove everyone that i'm more than just um this 17 18 year old player playing in the afl yeah it's a good point actually um it came up when i started playing when i first played my um debut game and then it sort of hung around a little bit and I did actually use it a little bit because I always thought um, when I first got to the club it was sort of I was struggling a little bit and I always thought like I'm young I'm Mm. a key position player it's okay to sort of struggle um, at the start Um, you'll get through it and then you'll be okay and then when it finally happened I sort of did get through that process and started playing playing games um, it sort of fizzled away a little bit in my mind Um, but yeah, it was good at the start to use that sort of um, in my head and think, I'm doing this and I'm this young. It sort of yeah. pumps you up a little bit and gets you a bit confident. So um, yeah, it was it was good um, in a way, but now it's sort of fizzled away and you sort of, now that I'm a second year player, it's sort of a more definitely more pressure, more, um, yeah, people expect more of you. So you sort of think that you're more of a senior player in a way, even though you're not. Um, sure. Yeah. Cool. And with those like expectations, now that you are a second year player, is it harder that that now it's expected that you've got the number two jersey, you're in your second year, you, you had an outstanding first year, um, and then maybe uh, this there's like higher expectations of you in your second year, or is it that you like those expectations and you're ready to, I don't know, meet them? Yeah, I think um, personally I'm quite um, hard on myself and I do expect a lot of myself, which is sort of, I've been talking to the coaches a little bit about because I sort of set myself goals and when I don't reach them, I get a little bit down mm-hmm. um, on myself. Um, so I actually am quite, I set expectations of myself quite high. So I think that the external and internal expectations from coaches, um, et cetera, sort of I'm already um, prepared for because I've sort of set these goals and um, I'm quite prepared for yeah. that pressure. Um, so I think when it does come, it's obviously quite, um, it can be confronting at times, but um, seeing as I've sort of prepared myself in my own head it sort of makes it a little bit easier to go into those situations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you feel the same, Ferg? A, bit, a little bit the same? Is there increased expectations in the second year or do you th- find that it's a pretty uh, pretty good environment in that there's less of an expectation uh, or a consistent expectation? Um, I think, yeah, it's a consistent expectation. Mm. Um, obviously, for me, it's just to continue playing good footy yep. at, at any level um and just to get that consistency but i think you know as louis and i think a lot of players would be, feel the same that you know we put you know higher expectations on ourselves about what we want to achieve mm-hmm. um and it can be a good thing and it can be a really damaging thing because yeah. sometimes you know we might make them a little bit unrealistic yeah definitely but um it is something that you know i use to really push myself you know yep. i sort of set you know these high high ones and really do everything i can to get there whether I get there or not is, is a different story, right. but um, hopefully hopefully it's working the right way. <laughs> um, I'd just like to talk about uh, 
very quickly. We were talking last time you came in, Ferg, about uh, players that are in similar positions as you and, you know, the name that was thrown out was Bailey Dale. The news came out this morning, Bailey Dale's out for four to six weeks. Did you tackle him really hard at training or anything <laughs> like that? Or did you give him one in the, cha- in the gym? Uh, nah, I, um, <laughs> we're actually next to each other in the lockers. So <laughs> he came in um, and he looked he looked like he was tired. I sort of said, what's wrong? He said, I've hurt myself. And I actually, I was really worried. I said, what have you done? He said, oh, it's my foot. And yep. obviously, you know, with my foot history, as soon as someone says that, I sort of go into a bit of a shock. <laughs> And I didn't say anything. For PTSD? About, yeah. I sort of said, didn't say anything for about five seconds. He goes, oh, thanks for making me feel better. Oh. <laughs> and I was, and uh, we sort of both had a laugh and I said, no, nah, you'll be right. And so I think, I think four to six weeks was the, yep. what's come out. Um, so yeah, look, from what I had, I think you'd take the four to six weeks. Yeah, week, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. It's like a stress, it's stressed or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bone stress, I think. So Fair enough. hopefully, yeah, he's back and flying soon. Talking about locker rooms, um, one of my favourite uh, social media items that came out was watching you play table tennis in your jocks. Uh, is that is that like a communal table tennis and is there like a championship that goes on between the players? Uh, well, the table tennis got brought down a f- probably about a month ago yeah. um, and it's sort of really, you know, picked up. We've had a lot last year and the table sort of just went away this year and I don't know why, but all of a sudden it's come back and everyone's been right up. Um, and I was just coming out of the shower and everyone had left... <laughs> And I sort of had that trust that nothing would get put out. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's gone now. It was, it was so. Billy Gowers, wasn't yeah. it, that put it up? Amazing. Um, he sort of said, oh, when he turned around and said, oh, Ferg Flex, he told me he was going to send it to a mate. And I was unaware that there was a whole video of that going and didn't even know it was up until about 7 o'clock that night. Oh, you're kidding. And I was like, oh, wow, that <laughs> might be a bit much. <laughs> that's all right, as yeah, long as it went down. Uh, who's, the, who's the like best table tennis player at a club? Is there a... Like a champ going around? Yeah, we had championships last year and Zane Cordy won. Yeah, right. Um, he's really good, um, but he doesn't play very much. The good players don't really play. It's usually the, as they would, as the good players refer, the filth as man fur. <laughs> 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 we play more often, so um, yeah, you see him play every now and then and they smash you, so it brings you down a little bit. But so no, if there's the fun. filth, what are the, is it just like... They refer to you as the filth, well, or what's the story there? Everyone refers to everyone as filth, because you don't want to be known as the filth. So if you lose, you just say, oh, well, you're filth. I was just playing to your level sort of thing. So there's a bit of an arrogance behind it, and um, okay, nobody wants to be the worst or the best. Um, everyone wants to be the best. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It sort of mucks around a little bit here and Fair there. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah it's cool. good fun. Um, I suppose the other thing I wanted to ask was about your debut at the MCG. Louis, you had nine marks. Um, and Neve actually noted here that that's equal to Chris Grant in his mm-hmm. debut. Add one more kick as well. I looked up afltables.com. Oh, really? So <laughs> did my research. Neve's done a research. <laughs> well done. And you took a pretty nice hanger. Um, did you expect like such a great first game going in? And were you kind of blown away by how great your debut was? Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit. Um, yeah, I didn't expect to do that. I sort of, um, the morning of the game, I was obviously pretty nervous and I was just thinking like, it's quite a, a weird story, but I was thinking, like, um, when you're older, you, you can tell your kids you played an AFL game. Yep. It doesn't matter if you get one kick, at least you can say um, you played AFL. So that was what was in my head at the time. I was yep. just like, oh, well, like, just do whatever. And you, you've got that stat that you've played one game. Um, so, yeah, then I went into the game with sort of um, not a lot of expectation and ended up getting a few kicks. So it was pretty exciting. Um, but before the game, um, Bob and Bont and a few of the other guys were just sort of telling me, like, whatever happens, just enjoy it, look around, you're on the MCG, have a look, um, 
look at the crowd, try and pick your mum out yeah. and give her a wave and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Did you pick um, her out? No, I, I, I yeah. didn't. I was 30-odd thousand, so it was quite hard. Yeah, hard <laughs> um, sounds, but um, yeah, so I sort of um, went to the game just thinking about that. And then after the game, um, yeah, Bob sort of just said, like, look around, this is... It's amazing. Um, you, not many people get this opportunity and you only get it once, so um, enjoy it. So, yeah, I sort of went into the um, game with more of a clearer mind than I would have usually, so, yeah. Nice. And it's a, it sounds like um, Bob obviously had a lot of influence on your first game. Are there other players within the club that are mentors or people players that you look up to within the club? Um, I did a lot of work with Easton last year um, in the weight room because yep. I was um, playing some OK footy. I was just getting pushed off the ball a little bit, um, so Eason took me under his wing in the gym and I did a lot of work with him. Um, yeah, and then guys like Bob and uh, Matthew Boyd, the older boys, Dale Morris, um, yep. they're really good. They're, they're always in your corner. You can always ask them questions. So there was a few points in the year where I was struggling and needed a bit of guidance. So I'd ask Moz or Woody if they could come up and watch watch some vision with me cool. and tell me what was going wrong and stuff. So um, is there a certain mentor? Not really. I think there's just a group of guys that um, were the leaders and the older guys and it's sort of... Um, well, as an older player, it's sort of their yeah, their job to look naturally. after the younger players in a way naturally. Um, and yeah, they did a really good job, which helps um, cool. helps a lot. Yeah. And what about you, Ferg? Are there any players? We don't really have like a, an experienced forward line per se, <laughs> but um, is there any specific players that have acted as a, as a mentor or more of like a, a player that you look up to? Um, I think, like Louis said, there's a group, but I remember last year for me, actually, Travis Cloak was a massive one. Yeah, right. He, was really, he played a little bit in the VFL, and um, he's probably, I remember when he was playing VFL, he was really relaxed, and he talked to you a lot just about, you know, yep. what he what he you know sort of sees, mm-hmm. and, you know, hearing from a bloke who played, you know, 200 or 200-odd games, I remember he played, kicked, you know, a fair few goals, yeah. um, and growing up watching yeah. him dominate games... Um, to hear from him, it was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a lot from him. Obviously, Jack Redpass a good one as well. Um, Tori gives you a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, it is it is a collective groups thing to to make sure that, that everyone sort of you know gets the best out of themselves and the best out of the you know football education. So yep. it is good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, who have you got this week in the VFL? Essendon. Essendon at home. Yeah. Cool. Seven o'clock. Oh, seven sweet. Nine. Under the lights. Six or seven, yeah. Under the lights that win, yeah. Should have some dewy, yeah. Nice <laughs> and wet and windy, probably, and nice. Hopefully not raining. Well, Ferg, I know you barracked for North Melbourne growing up. Did you have a team? Were you Port or were you the Crows? I was actually you? an Essendon man. Okay. Um, Mum and Dad got me into it. They used to live in Melbourne um, when they were uh, in their early um, stages of marriage and stuff, and before yep. my uh, older sister was born. So uh, they were always Essendon, mad Essendon fans. So I just hopped into it, and then. Yeah, it was quite one-eyed at one stage yep. and then sort of fell apart, fell away <laughs> with it for well, a few like, reasons. One of the weird things that came out of the weekend in the AFL was uh, it was Ed Richards playing against Collingwood and a lot of the people were talking about Ed Richards, uh, like this is the team he barracked for when he grew up. Is there anything like if this weekend, for example, if you come up against uh, Essendon, if you get picked, will you feel like you, if you play a man up on one of their players, is there any like... Uh, excitement manning up on them or is it just another game of footy? I actually played Essendon last year um, oh, of course yeah in the, in the one so um, I did have that and it was a little bit weird so I used to be a big Joe Watson fan and yeah. um, actually had a one on one with him and I beat him and I got the ball and I was sort of I was thought after I kicked it away and we went the other way um, I was like wow that's pretty cool like yeah. <laughs> beat Joe Watson um, but yeah it was kind of weird um, looking at the players that you've played uh, you've watched play and sort of idolised um, yeah, we're seeing it a little bit like um, 
uh, in the NBA as well. Like I think it was oh, yeah. Tatum was yeah. posting a lot about yeah, like yeah. playing against LeBron, and he's got that photo of him. So yeah, yep. it's pretty cool. What it's about you, Ferg? Yeah. Is it when you play against North Melbourne, will you go harder or will you go? <laughs> um, no. We played Werribee last year, and they were North affiliate. Oh, and yeah. I remember sort of running out, and I was like, oh, I I know a few of these boys. Yeah. I think Majak was playing. And he took like five marks inside fifty in the first quarter, and he was yeah. like, "Wow, he's massive." I think he shanked them all though, <laughs> so, and uh, we ended up winning. And I was sort of like, "Oh yeah, it's you know that was pretty cool." But yeah, if I if I ever played against North, it'd be uh, it'd be interesting. I'm not sure who my brother would go for. Right, I'd like to hope me. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Unfortunately, I can't I can't say. Oh, I think he will. So uh, Seb's obviously he's very passionate passionate North North, North, fan. Uh, especially this year. I yeah, think he'd be very happy. Back, wouldn't back he? against the wall, he's sort of wrapped with how they're going at the moment. So fair enough. Yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> um, the other thing we really wanted to ask Louis is the long sleeve. I have so many questions. It looks like it's a long sleeve. This is my like main point that I want to say. It looks like it's like a long, a long sleeve under a short sleeve, and I've seen it in the VFL as well. Like I've done some like computer enhanced and like looked into it. Why is it? Do we not have enough money for proper long sleeves? Like, what's the story? Um, well, my first game, I got told I was playing on Thursday, and we played Sunday, and I told them I'll I'll potentially wear the long sleeve, and they couldn't get one in time made really? for me. Um, so. Actually, they could, but they said they would have to print the number on. And because it was your first game, you're probably hanging up the Guernsey someday. And they said it would deteriorate. So they said, just wear the two jumpers and it'll look better in when you look back at it as an, as an older person. Um, so that's why I did it in that game. Um, and then eventually I got an actual Guernsey made, so I wore the normal one. And then in the VFL, we don't have long sleeve Guernsey, so you just have to wear it underneath. Um, so that's what everyone does in the VFL. So. Is it something you've, have you always... Have you always worn long sleeves? Um, there's a few different um, reasons behind it. There was, um, I was always a big James Hurd fan, so I used to wear a long sleeve as a kid, like a little Guernsey, and I used to run around, so I used to think it was pretty cool. Um, and then before I started playing in the AFL, I wore it a few times and played well. Yeah. And then eventually, I think I wore it two weeks in a row and then got picked the next week, so I was like, well, I better better wear it. And yeah. it just, <laughs> uh, before the game, I was sort of tossing it up. I was like, well, it's my first game. I don't want to be that guy that, like... You know, um, if you play crap, everyone will be like, oh, what a wanker sort of thing. <laughs> um, but then um, before the game, I was talking to Jordan Russell, one of our um, one of our coaches, and he said, well, you're playing Carlton. They'll have five or six that wear it. Yeah, so I was going to say. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that sort of tipped me over. I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm going to do it. And then, yeah, went with it and sort of um, became a little bit of a thing in my mind after that um, yep. that I like to wear it. So, yeah, that's sort of how it went. <laughs> no enough. real reason, but sort of a few little things that chipped in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and off air, last time you came in, Ferg, you told us about uh, not so much a pre-game superstition, but uh, something that you can't eat lunch before 1pm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 12 is amazing. <laughs> yeah. is, when is it? Is it 12? It's 12, yeah. yeah. Okay. Weird. And so what's the story behind it? And are there any other superstitions that seep into your footy? <laughs> uh, Louis knows about a few. Here we go. Um, <laughs> so um, it's actually just like a rule nearly yep. pretty much in all of my life that I can't eat lunch before 12. But it, like, that's we'll fair be, enough. Like, that's lunchtime. Yeah. But we'll be out for brunch at 11.30 and he'll sit with us, get a coffee and be like, no, nah, I'm not eating. We'll finish at about 12 and he'll go home via lunch and get lunch. It's like, why didn't you just order it when we're all sitting together? It just amazes me that. Um, <laughs> Do you think it just throws your day out of whack having a yeah, early lunch? Yeah, it, it's the biggest thing for me is <laughs> I get excited about the next meal. Yeah. So if I'm eating you know, lunch at 11, then I'm potentially eating 
a, um, afternoon snack that's too big because I'm still <laughs> hungry and I've just ruined dinner. Fair. So every meal I eat is thinking about the next meal. Yeah. Um, you got to live in the present. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> yeah. It's amazing when we're all sitting there and he just doesn't order and then. Uh. Yeah. Um, anyway. What else? <laughs> I've got a few other ones. Um, well, I read in your like AFLPA interview that you have an omelette before the game. Do you see uh, that? Nah, not really. Sometimes. I don't know. That was They sort of asked me and I had to sort of say something. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, a cliche question. Like, do you have yeah. any pre-game superstitions? So I, d- I used to have an omelette before every game. I sort of do here and there, but not like Ferg where you have to do it or you sort of get a bit rattled in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too, um, yeah, you used to reliant you, on it. You used to have a bath. Yeah, I used to just have a bath, but now we don't have one. So. Pre-game bath <laughs> or post? Yeah, pre. It just used, yeah, used right. to sort of sit there and warm me up and then I'd hop in my car and drive to the game, but... We don't have one now, so that's all we died. You <laughs> should have seen it when we moved in. It was like, Sydney oh, my asking. God, we well, don't have a bath. <laughs> I, said, I said the one thing I want in the house is a bath because it's like a nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Nathan picked the house and me and Ferg checked it out and it didn't have one, so it was a little bit flat. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. That's what happens, I guess. Uh, anyway, but back to you. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so any other good little pre-game superstitions? Um, so... I'll have buttered chicken with pasta. <coughs> Sorry. Um, That's a fusion meal. <laughs> it's a serious the fusion. Not, the night before. Um, it hasn't received that much good feedback. Um, <laughs> have you tried it, Louis? Yeah, I have. It's not, I don't mind it. It's yeah. like pasta and rice are just a carb, I guess. Okay, um, yeah, that's always my theory. Um, I don't know why we do it. Me and my brother, I think Seb does the same thing. Yep. Um, and then I'll have, you know, eggs on toast the next morning with you know, Gatorade. I'll sort of have to consume, you know, a certain amount of Gatorade. Have, like a very certain amount? Or is oh, it, it can be rough, but, yeah. you know, I, oh, I need good. to sort of... <laughs> it's, 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 I know where it's at. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll have, you know, my parts, depending on when the game is. Yeah. Like on the weekend, we played at 11 and geez, that threw me. Yeah. Because I was like, I woke up probably later, me and Louie talked about after the game, I probably woke up too late. Yep. And so I How late's too late? Like... I would have talked. Probably like eight. Yeah. But, yeah, it was more the night before, I think, because mm. we went to bed, like, later. Yeah, so you woke up later. Tennis. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> we had Ruins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I sort of uh, got thrown a bit by that. Uh, but normally I'll have pasta, leftover butter chicken. Yep. Um, and then I'll just have... There's just a few things that sort of I have to tick off in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I've got. I've been better this year. Mm, I think has, we've I both think, agreed. Yeah. Um, last year I was probably a bit wound up. Really? Um, a bit. A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it probably drained me a bit, bit too much. Um, so this year I've been more relaxed and just sort of trying to enjoy the pregame and just get out there. And then as soon as I'm out there, I'm really hitting that, that yeah. high mark. So it's actually been pretty enjoyable the last yeah. few weeks doing it. Uh, it's changed. Yeah. And it's shown because we've been playing better footy, so a little good. bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, our last question is really about. We asked Ferg when he came on a couple of weeks ago about his versatility and how he's playing a bit on the wing. Um, you were oh, fire alarms going off. We'll be right. <laughs> it it, it happens sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so you can smell the smoke. I think's the rule. So. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. the interview's on fire. With him, so. <laughs> um, so Luke Beveridge obviously likes his versatile players and Neve actually wrote down, I didn't realise this, but you were drafted as a forward. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you see you could come back to and be a bit of a swingman? Um, uh, good question. I don't know. Um, I sort of, yeah, I came in as a forward and was um, trained the whole pre-season as a forward. Then after the first VFL game, they put me back for a bit and Bevo said he liked what I did um, and put me there for about six weeks and then I went back forward for about three or four weeks and then eventually sat back for the rest of the season. Yep. Um, so is it something I'll go back to? I'm not really sure. Um, I'm happy playing back at the moment. I really Fair. like it down there. Um, 
I find that um, some of my attributes are just more well suited to the back line, just reading of the play and stuff. Um, so at the moment I'll see myself as a back, but um, I wouldn't rule it out eventually. Just um, obviously need to grow a few areas in my game to complement the forward and back sort of stuff. But yep. um, a few of our guys get swung forward, like Fletcher on the weekend. Fletcher Roberts went forward, kicked two goals. Yeah. Um, I was actually supposed to go forward at one point and then got cancelled because he just kicked a goal. So, um, <laughs> Thanks, Fletch. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, there's, the coaches like that versatility and it comes up here and there. Like um, On the weekend, we were struggling. We were kicking a lot of high balls and we weren't marking them. So they put Fletcher forward and uh, I was supposed to go forward after that just to sort of try and bring the ball to ground or something. So, yep. um, yeah, you do need to have that. But will I ever be a permanent forward? I'm, I'm not sure, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. How did you feel when they told you that, like, we want to play you as a backman? Um, oh... Yeah, it was a bit weird. It was on in a game, so I didn't really think about it too much. I just sort of said go back. It was in a trial game. Um, and then Bevo spoke to me the next day, so he said, like, we like you back. And I was sort of pretty excited because I was like, oh, okay. Well, the coach thinks I'm yeah. okay at back, so I'll keep trying that. Um, yeah, and then I sort of... It's sort of a role that you have to really practice and learn because it's quite difficult if you're in the wrong spots, you get um, shown up, so... It took me a while to get that right, and then once you get that right, it's quite um, you sort of play on instinct and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah after that process, it was, I'm enjoying it now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and you were saying like um, like Morris and Wood and stuff helped you. <coughs> Did you kind of go to them straight away when you kind of knew you were going to be playing back more permanently? Um, it sort of started with more of the coaches showing me how to do it, um, and then as I sort of started to understand, because it's quite a difficult role, I think. Um, uh, coming into a AFL system in the back line as a junior it's just stand your man don't let him get a kick but yep. in our system it's more like help out other people and run off and then get involved in offence so it's quite difficult knowing where to run and what to do so um, at the start I was just wrapping my head around the basics and then after a little while I sort of went to them and sort of got more of the finer details down Boys thanks so much for coming in today uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you in the studio uh, and we wish you all the best uh, going forward uh, you got trivia tonight yeah trivia night tonight okay. um, with a few boys so hopefully get the win is it a theme trivia or is it like a just we're hoping general sport. Sport. <laughs> we're really hoping sport it's at the sporting globe so we oh, assume yeah. it'll be sport but we're, we're pretty knackered if it goes down any <laughs> yeah. other any that could other be hole. branching out classical music something like that no and no doubt we'll be seeing you both in the AFL in no time cheers